Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, we come before you this morning, Lord, and we want to thank you for your grace. We want to thank you for your mercy. And Father, we ask now that you'll be with us here in this place, Lord. We know, according to your word, that where two or more gathered in your name, that Lord, you're there in the midst of them. So, so Lord God, we ask and thank you this morning that you are present here with us, Lord God. I pray that, Lord, you will touch each and every heart that is represented here today, Lord God. I pray that, Lord, whether... Whether they know you as their Savior or whether they don't know you as their Savior, Lord, may you do a miraculous work in their heart this day, Lord God. Maybe it's for that one that needs to hear your word to salvation, Lord. I pray that you'll touch them this morning. But Father, may it be that one that, that Lord, they walk with you and they, they, they sporadically talk to you, Lord. May, may you intensify your relationship with them today, Lord God. Father, I pray that, Lord, any sin, any iniquity that will bind your word from not being heard upon our ears and our hearts this morning, Lord, I pray that we will be forgiven of those, Lord God. I pray that our heart will be made that fertile ground, Lord, ready to receive what you have in store for us this morning. Father, today you've heard the prayer request that's been lifted up, Father. I pray that, Lord, you will answer those requests according to your will. And Father, I pray that we will be receptive to your will. Father, this day we want to give you all the praise, honor, and all the glory, Lord, because it is truly yours. Father, may we not be prideful enough to hold it within ourselves. Father, we love you today, and we thank you for all you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as my wife alluded to last week, and um, as y'all have been here, that, that you know for the last little bit I've been on a sort of a series talking about salvation and and. The importance of salvation, especially as we have come into a new year, we know that we need the Lord Jesus Christ more every day. We see the wickedness of the world happening every day. We know, according to Scripture, that it's only a matter of time before He actually steps foot back on this earth and He calls His children home. And, and, and the thing about it is, is we can see all these things running about. Last week, my wife taught a very good uh, piece of scripture when she was talking about Esther and how that the bride is, should be preparing for the bridegroom. And she discussed how, how that's possible. You know, when a, when, a, when a couple get engaged, the first thing the bride does or, or the bride-to-be does is she starts looking at dresses and she starts preparing these things and, and she's already got this vision of how things are going to be in her life on that marriage day. And so she's preparing daily for this. Now, now there's some marriages that, that happen within a few months and then there's some that takes a few years. And this whole time the bride is preparing for the groom. And, and I'm not taking away from the groom by no way, shape, form, or fashion because the, the groom is preparing also. He's trying to get things ready to, to be able to welcome his bride into his life into his home. And, and so Jesus, we know according to Scripture, he says that he has left earth for a short time to go and prepare. The, the, the bride is going to prepare a place so that his bridegroom can, or his bride can be brought to him in the place that he has prepared. And, and then it goes on to say that he's going to return to get his bride. That marriage day is going to happen. Now no man... Woman, child, beast, nothing knows, not even the angels, nobody knows when this, when this ceremony is going to take place. 
when the bride is, or when the groom's coming to get the bride, except God the Father. So we should be constantly in a state of preparation, preparing to meet our, our groom. So this morning, as, and that's sort of getting us up to where we are. So for the next little bit, I, I, I feel the Lord's going to lead us on a, on a little series of preparing to meet our groom. Preparing to meet the Lord when He comes back. And so this morning, I find myself in the book of Proverbs. And I'm going to start in Proverbs chapter 3. I'm, I mean, this is a very familiar verse for many of us. I'm going to start in Proverbs chapter 3, beginning in verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and morrow to thy bones. So this morning, I, I, I submit to you that when we look at this word or, or these this verses here, the very first thing it says is trust in the Lord. Well, I think that is a twofold trusting there. First and foremost, I believe that we should trust in the Lord in salvation. I believe that, that that first part of trusting, we have to accept the Lord as our Savior. If we don't accept Him as our Savior, it's kind of hard to trust Him. As it's already been mentioned this morning, you know, I, I feel firmly that I can trust in the Lord because of my salvation, that when Satan does attack me, that I can trust in Him as His child, that He is going to prevent me from being destroyed by the attacks of Satan. I trust that. I believe in that. But it starts with salvation as we've been talking about. But then it goes on to say that it has to be with all our heart. You know, Jesus told the disciples that if they had the, the faith, the size of a mustard seed, a uh, mustard seed, that they could move mountains. That faith starts in our heart. It starts at salvation. It's believing in the Lord Jesus Christ and what He has for us. And it's building from there. The more we get into His Holy Word, the more our faith grows. The more we rely on it, the more our faith grows. And I'm going to get to a point here in just a second to explain these things to you. But what I'm saying is, is that it starts with salvation. That is the very first part. We have to call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. The second part is, once we've called on, we have to believe in our heart that He is who He says He is, and we have to confess who He says He is, so it starts in our heart. We have to have that relationship. It's not that he, He's going to hear the cry of an individual that's not His child. He may hear, but it's like us today. We will hear the cry of a child and we'll help, but it's not our child. We're only going to do so much for that child. But God, in His reverence, in His grace, in His mercy, He's given us the world. He's given us all things. All things are in His power, and He's given us that same power. It says, lean not onto our own understanding. You know, I've said time and time again, and I'm a very firm believer that if you want to understand God's heart, if you want to understand God's will, read the Bible. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't think about what God wants. Know for sure what He wants. He gives us His heart right here. 
But the thing about it is you can't take a piece of scripture and read it and say, I know what God wants me to do. You've got to look and study as as 2 Timothy tells us. You have to study to show thyself approved. You can't just look at a piece of scripture and then say, oh, this is what the Lord says he wants me to do. Also in 2 Timothy, the Bible says, and just, just out of a point of reference, the Bible tells us, drink some wine, drink some alcohol. It's good for the stomach. Now, if I was to take that out of context, it says that the Bible tells me it's okay for me to drink. But, but if you use it in context, you read the scripture and you understand what the word is telling you, you will go on to realize that that's not what it's telling them. Back then, wine was used as a medicine, sort of like aspirin is for us today. Or in that particular case, it's good for the stomach, sort of like Pepto-Bismol is for us today. Sort of like antacids are for us today. It's not the way it's used today. Alcohol is not for getting drunk. It wasn't back then, even though there was individuals that did get drunk for it. The Bible tells us to be, to be filled with the Spirit, not drunk with the wine. And I know I paraphrased that a little bit, but you understand that if we take Scripture out of context, we can make Scripture work for our benefit and not be serving God. So we don't lean on our own understanding. But in all our ways, acknowledge Him. And everything that we do, and this is sort of where I want to stop for a second, but in all that we do, we are to acknowledge Jesus Christ. We are to acknowledge God. We should always be thinking of, back in the 90s, we had everybody wore a bracelet and it said, WWJD, what would Jesus do? I accept that bracelet. I like that bracelet because it's supposed to help us to keep in our thought process what would God want us to do? What would Jesus want us to do? In all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct our path. Now, I'm going to say something right now. <clears throat> Jesus tells us to acknowledge him in all his ways. Well, here's a thing that I really wanted to get to today as we prepare over the next little bit, like I said, we're going to go through sort of a series on preparing to meet our bridegroom. The number one thing that I believe that we need to do as individuals is we need to confess our pride. Pride, as we know, the Lord hates. Proverbs eight thirteen says, The Lord, or the fear of the Lord, is the hatred of evil, pride and arrogance, and the evil way, and perverted speech I hate. He hates pride. He, he absolutely hates it. And, and I tell you, for, for, for me, I'm a very prideful man. Now, there's nothing wrong with taking pride in things that you do. But if you take that pride and you give it to the Lord, then that's, you know, you're, you're acknowledging Him. God, you've given me the ability to be able to perform this task that I did so that I can take pride knowing that I've given everything I had into doing this to serve you, to bring glory to you. That is how we take pride. Now, if we take that pride and say, Lord, or, or we just take it and say, hey, look at what I did. I did this on my own power. Ain't this great? I'm not giving God acknowledgement. I'm not, I'm not giving him that pride. I'm holding it for myself. And he says right here that that pride, he hates. He hates it. I mean, in our house, we don't use that word hate. We, we try not to because of simple fact. It's a very harsh word. We may jokingly say we highly dislike something because we've watered it down. But hate is a harsh word. When you say you hate, 
And I'm sidetracking a little bit, especially when it talks about humans, about other people. When you say that you hate, if you claim to be a Christian and you say you hate somebody, the Word says that God is love. And He loved us. We are to love others. If we say we hate our brother, this is 1 John, if we say that we hate our brother, the love of the Father is not in us. That when we get to the point where we hate somebody, the reason why we hate them, and I'll be honest with you, is because of our pride. Nine times out of ten, it's because of our pride that we find ourselves hating somebody. Because we think we're better than somebody. We don't like what somebody else does. We, we, we just constantly in a state of fear because of somebody else. And I'll be honest with you, this is something that the Lord has worked on me about. And, and, and I'm not talking about in the past, like in day or months and years. I'm talking about in the last few days, He's had to work with me on my pride because I see things and, and my pride wells up inside of me because I get excited and it's like, why is it not me? The Lord had to reveal to me, it's not my time. He's had to reveal to me, maybe I was a little bit too prideful and He needed to knock me down a peg. I should be preparing to meet my, bride, my groom. Proverbs 29.23 says, One's pride will bring him low, but he who is lowly in spirit will obtain honor. You see, when we start getting into pride and we start letting pride run our lives and rule our lives, it's bringing us down. And we know that the Word says, God's Word says that pride goes before a fall. We get so built up sometimes that God has to remind us that we are His children. And there's things that happen sometimes because of our disobedience that He reminds us. It's all glory to Him. Go back to our key verses. It says, Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. And it shall be health to thy navel and morrow to their bones. You see, when we, when we are constantly being prideful, and, and, and let me stop for a second and talk about pride. For I mean, I've been talking about it for a while, but there's more to pride than just taking acknowledgement for doing something. There's also the pride of, I'm not going to share my burdens with anybody else. Because I don't want anybody else to know how bad things really are. I don't want to share with other people because I don't want them to look down upon me. That's a pride that's, that's an internal pride. The Bible tells us, God's dear children, we are to cast our burdens upon each other. And we are to bear up each other's burdens. So, and, I, and, I'm, and I'll be honest with you. When, when, when you have an issue with pride that you don't share when you're struggling, when you don't share when you have problems, I'll be honest with you. The very first thing I'm going to say to you is you're robbing somebody else from a blessing. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. We are bound to each other through the blood. Of Jesus Christ. And we should be casting our cares upon one another. We should be casting our burdens upon one another. And we should be lifting each other up. 
Acknowledge Him in all His ways. You know, the Bible tells us to seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these things will be added to you. But I'll tell you, the very first part of that is we have to let go of our pride. We have to get rid of pride. Pride will do nothing but drive a wedge between you and God. It will do nothing but drive a wedge between you and your spouse, you and your children, you and your neighbor. And eventually it will drive a wedge between you and yourself. Because your pride will take over and it will lead you places you never wanted to go. And it will cost you more than you were ever willing to pay. And it all starts with pride. You know, there was a rich man that came to Jesus Christ. And I'm going to close with this. There was a rich man that came to Jesus Christ and he said, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of God? Jesus looked at him and said, you know the commandments. And he named them. You know, honor the mother and father. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. He named all of them. And this rich man says, Lord, I've done all these things since I was a wee little man. He said, I've done it. And Jesus looked at him. And, I, and, I, and it's a pride thing. Jesus looked at him. He said, one thing you need to do. Sell everything you own. Give to the poor, the needy, the widows, the widowers. Take everything that you own. Sell it. Give it to them. And follow me. That rich man walked away that day with his head held low. Because he was so prideful, he had gotten recognition of everything that he had owned. Everything that he had accomplished. And Jesus now is telling him to enter into the kingdom of heaven. He must get rid of these things. The Apostle Paul told us that all those things, everything that he had accomplished, was nothing but dung. So that he may win the, the glorious, gracious coming of Jesus. That salvation. See, here's the thing. Pride will destroy you if you will let it. I know from my life early on, I know how pride treated me, and I'm a very prideful man. And you can ask anybody that knows me, they will tell you, I am very prideful. Stop shaking your head, baby. Um, my wife's testifying right now as we sit, and if I, if I look over that way, I'll probably see my daughter doing the same thing. I am a very prideful man. I take a lot of pride in things that I do. I get upset when things don't go my way. But in ultimate consolation, I should trust in the Lord with all my heart. Lean not on my own understanding. And I know I'm paraphrasing, paraphrasing this. Lean not on my own understanding because He's going to direct my steps. He's going to direct my ways. There is not one thing that I can do to change anything. I have to trust in Him. And when I trust in Him, it's good health to the bones. It makes you feel better. It puts you in a, and, and I'm saying this kind of casually, but it puts you on a higher plane because now you're, you're excited. You want to be with the Lord. You're walking with Him. You're talking with Him. And I'll tell you what, He says that He wants you to have His joy and your joy will be full to the point that it's overflowing. And when you're happy, when you walk around with nothing but a smile on your face because you are walking with the Lord, 
People are going to see it and they're going to want it. They're going to want it. You become contagious with something that is the greatest gift that has ever been given to mankind. So this morning, I don't know where you are. I'm done. I don't know where you're at this morning with your relationship with the Lord. Maybe this morning you've never accepted Him as your Savior. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 13 that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Another way of saying that is if you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. It has to come from the heart. You need to release that pride this morning. You can't do everything in life on your own. I can tell you firsthand, we need the Lord. I know where I was. I know when I needed Him. And I had to let go of my pride thinking I was in control to receive that. So start in your heart. Call upon the name of the Lord. You will be saved. But maybe you've walked with Him for a while as, as we prayed at the beginning and, and, and you've just stepped back. Maybe you've gotten a little bit of case of pride and, and you've decided, hey, I can do this. I really don't need the Lord. I don't need to go to church. I don't need to associate with other believers. 1 John 1.9 is my favorite verse. If we confess our sins, we know that it's a sin. If we confess our sins, He will cleanse us and make us right. I know I paraphrase that, but you understand that this is my verse and what we must do is we must first confess our sin. And then He, again, it's that pride. It's that pride. We can't work enough. We can't clean enough. We, I, you can get out a gallon of bleach, pour it all over yourself, scrub with the Brillo pad, and you will never be clean enough until you confess the Lord Jesus Christ. You will never be clean enough until you confess your sins. And then it's Him. We have to let go of the pride. It's Him who is faithful to cleanse us and make us right with Him and bring us back to the fold. So this morning as we pray, I ask that if you've never accepted Him as your Savior, may today be that day. Maybe you've not walked with Him and you need to call out to Him today and say, Lord, forgive me. I can promise you right now that He will hear your call. Confess your sins to Him because He is faithful. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, we come before you this morning, Lord, and I just thank you again for your blessings. I thank you for, Lord, I thank you for your mercy. Father, not giving us what we truly deserved. And Father, I thank you that, Lord, you took that penalty at Calvary to pay for a sin debt that I had charged up, Lord. But Father, not only that, but I thank you for your grace. Father, because not only did you pay my debt, but Father, you have given me so much more. You've called me into your family. You've given me your son. Father, you've given me so much that I do not deserve. Father, I just ask now that, Lord, that there will be others that can stand and testify to your grace and your mercy this morning, Lord God. But Father, if there's that one that has never accepted you as their Savior, Father, I pray that today will be that day that you will tug on their heart. Lord, that they will not find any rest, may they not find any comfort until they call out to you and claim that free gift of salvation. Father, I ask now that you bless us as we close out this day. And Father, may you receive the praise, honor, and all the glory because, Lord, it is truly yours. May we not be prideful enough to hold on to it. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.